No, I don't need to touch after you, I don't need to touch you. have something you want to say. What? You have something you want to say. Say it. What is this, by the way? What? What is this? You're on the gun. You're on your line. You're on the wheel. I'm on the wheel. I'm on the wheel. I'm on the wheel. Here, I also have this. You can send me an MP3. I mean, I'll, I'll upload it on that piece. Yeah. Tonight. Yeah. It goes out to everybody who... Go on. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's beautiful. Could you, uh... Oh, yeah, bring it up. Oh, you can see it. How many, uh, percentage? Okay, I'll take it, though. Why are you waiting for the unruly people to become rulers? You know, as you heard, is in honor of Esther Malka Bat Avraham Amel Shalom. 
Hasidim, they say, Hasidim say that the Neshama should have an Aliyah. The Litvaks also say that, but they don't understand what they're saying. <laughs> the Hasidim understand. So the, so the Litvaks learn Torah. That's what we're going to do tonight. We're going to learn Torah in her honor. Um, the topic is Tshuva. Tshuva, this is the time of Tshuva. We're coming to the day of Tshuva. And it's reasonable that we should think a little bit about what Tshuva is. It's not that hard. Because the Rambam explains to us exactly how you do Tshuva. And the Rambam says that first you have to have Charata, which is translated easily into other languages as Charata. <laughs> charata means that you have remorse. You're not happy with yourself. Today, this has become much too general a position. Because everybody, who is anybody, is really not happy with himself. And is probably seeing a psychologist three times a week because of this unhappiness. The second stage that the Rambam says is Kabbalah al which means that you can't just be unhappy with yourself. You've got to try to change things. This is all part of the, what's under the general heading of tshuva. But then there's the third thing. And the third thing that relates to tshuva, right? First there's harata, Kabbalah al-Atid, right? Remorse, accepting a new future for myself. I'm going to change. And the third thing is called Vidui. Vidui is confession. Vidui is confession. Okay, this is a special feature. We don't understand exactly why the Torah is so concerned about Vidui. But there is no doubt. It's in the Psukim, it's in the Torah, that you have to confess. You have to say out loud, I did it, and I won't do it anymore. There has to be a vidui, even though people might ask, what would be so terrible if I kept it to myself, privately? Well, I don't know. The Torah says that the real, real tshuva is connected to confession. And therefore, if you kind of focus on something that you know is wrong with you, something that you've done that you shouldn't do, it's important to find a place to do vidui. Now, Kalal Yisrael, the Jewish people, really gets involved with vidui, with confession, on Yom HaKippurim. On Yom HaKippurim, you know, there are two kinds of vidui that we say. One is called the vidui akatsar, because it's short. And the other one is called Vidui Aruch because it's long. Good. Some, some answers are easy. So Vidui Katsar, what we call Vidui Katsar, is Ashamnu, Bagadnu, Gazalnu, Dibarnadov. You remember that? Like from last year? Or maybe even from Slichot, which I'll get to in a minute. The Vidui Aruch begins al chet shechatanu lefanecha bi. It's sentences. 
its whole sense. Now the amazing thing about this vidui, both the Aroch and the Katsar, is that it really makes me out to be the worst person that the world has ever seen. What the Torah, what the Halacha, what the Machser demands of me is that I should confess to every sin that's imaginable. And uh, personally, I mean, I may be a lot less than I might be, but I don't think that I really should be obliged to confess to all those sins that I didn't do. I mean, there are a few things in that list that I didn't do, and you know that today, everybody shows up with a little pamphlet, the al pamphlet. The al pamphlet says, if you don't know exactly what this chayt is, let me tell you the 30 different possibilities for this chayt. By the time you get finished with al it's not 10 or 20 or 30, but it's hundreds. I mean, anybody who leaves uh, uh, Yom HaKippurim on that basis without feeling totally distressed and unhappy, I mean, it's beyond me. Now, this idea that we have to say al chet, that we have to do the doing, is, is about a certain time of the year. And for us, that time of the year is from the time that we start saying slichot, at Ashkenazim, say slichot, Ashkenazim, it will feeble, it already started snowing in some places, so they start saying slichot, the Mozart Shabbos. Well, that's a little tricky, of course, you know, because to be a gabai in a shul, you have to be really clever. The Mozart Shabbos before Rosh Hashanah, if Rosh Hashanah is after Tuesday. But if Rosh Hashanah is before Tuesday, then we start a week before. Did you understand that? <laughs> but it doesn't matter. That's what we all do. That's what we all do. So slichot contains the vidui hakatsar. The slichot. Now, it's true that in the olden times, which might not have been such a long... The Sfaradim, they started Rosh Chodesh Elul. They started Rosh Chodesh Elul. I don't know if there's a Sfaradim minion around here, but I'm sure that there is someplace. They started Rosh Chodesh Elul, and the thing about these Sfaradim is that they always seem to really enjoy it. I'm not sure exactly. What I teach on the Web Yeshiva now at 4 a.m., because they, I used to teach at 5 a.m. Now I teach at 4 a.m. because they moved the clock. You did know that they moved the clock. But that Israel is the only country in the universe that moved the clock. So in order to, for the people who, who are listening to my shir, who live in normal places outside of Israel, so I decided I would teach an hour earlier. So 4 o'clock is a great hour if you're looking for a quiet in, out, the, out in the street, but it doesn't compare to sleeping. Not at all. <laughs> but they tell me that this differential will end sometime. I'll be able to go back to 5 o'clock. But the Eidot and Mizrach, the people who go to Slichot at the beginning, it seems to me that they really love it. They have Piyutim and Nikunim. And they don't, you know, so it's like everybody to his own thing. I don't like getting up that early in the morning. So Slichot contains the vidui hakatsar, which means that the time of vidui for us 
is from the first day of Slichot. Even though we say the Slichot, we say it every day. A lot of people say it every day. In the they say it every day. <coughs> but this time, we add Slichot from, uh, we add Vidui from Motzei Shabbat, where we start saying Slichot, until Yom HaKippurim. That whole period of time. Now there's a Rambam. Let's look at the Rambam. The Rambam is the second, the second source on the page. The Rambam says, <laughs> The Rambam says, this idea that you have to do tshuva, this idea that you should fix yourself up a little, is always true. I mean, it's not like, you know, I discovered that I was a bad fellow, I'll wait till Yom HaKippurim to straighten myself out. No, I've got to do it right away. Yafala Olam, the Rambam says, but during the ten days from Rosh Hashanah until Yom Kippurim, well, that's the best time for this. And, and your tshuva is accepted in heaven immediately. The Hashem This is a good time for it. You should, you should, you should do tshuva when where God said it's a good time to do Shuvah, where God is found. This is, of course, true about an individual, the Rambam says. But the Tzibur, a community, a minion, has a special privilege. <coughs> Whenever you do Shuvah with a minyan, that's fine. That's the best time to do it. So the Rambam, and the one thing about what the Rambam says that I would like to mention, or I'd like to like look at more carefully, is that the Rambam says, The period from Rosh Hashanah to Yom Kippurim is a special time for Tshuva. But everybody knows that Rosh Hashanah has nothing to do with Tshuva. What's the obvious proof of that? Because in Rosh Hashanah, we don't say vidui. On Rosh Hashanah, you can check afterwards. Look at your Rosh Hashanah Matzah that you're going to put away already. You look at the Rosh Hashanah Matzah from beginning to end, you're not going to find Oshavnu, Bagatnu, Vazayinu, Dibamadov. There's no vidui in Rosh Hashanah. So how does the Rambam where does Rambam get this idea from, which was not accepted in the tradition, apparently, the tradition of davening on Rosh Hashanah, precedes the Rambam. It's already in the Gaonic Sidurim, the order of davening. How could the Rambam say <coughs> that there's a period of time from Rosh Hashanah till Yom Kippurim? He should say there's a period of time from before Rosh Hashanah till Yom Kippurim, but excluding Rosh Hashanah. That's what we say, Rosh Hashanah is Yom Hadin, Rosh Hashanah is Yom Hazikaron, Rosh Hashanah is Yom Truah, Rosh Hashanah is all kinds of things, but it is not a day of Tshuva, at least not nominally. We don't see it in the davening where it should be, if it was such a day. To understand the Rambam's position, we have to look at another halacha in the Rambam. Let's look at it. I think it's good. Hey. Wires are no good. You have to get rid of the wires. The Rabbah Bechot Shura Perikim Al Achadali. See the next, the next halacha. Avopi 
מסתובבים על תקיעת שופר, על גרוש השנה, אבל זה הלכות תשובה. אבל הוא פוצץ בסין, הוא אומר, יש משהו על תקיעת שופר, אני חייב להגיד, הרמב״ם אומר, שזה לא על הלאומות של תקיעת שופר, אבל זה על משהו אחר. תראו מה הוא אומר, אבל בשביל תקיעת שופר בראש השנה, גזירת הכתוב. But he means what he says, Gzerat HaKatub is, we don't know the reason. The Torah said that Rosh Hashanah has Yom Tru'ah. And the way we understand that is that on Rosh Hashanah, there has to be a blast of the shofar, preceded by a simple blast, and followed by a simple blast. And then at Torah, it's enough to hear three blasts of the shofar. in order to do the mitzvah. So how many blasts do we, do we actually hear? I mean, like, you know, like we kind of have to hear. On Rosh Hashanah. A hundred. A hundred's a good number. And it's, you know, it's like, Dover HaShavah told me, a hundred. How do we get from three to a hundred? I'll leave it to the Jews. Everybody knows that. The Torah says three, and then we say three's not good enough. We'll do a hundred. We do a hundred. We do a hundred and we hope that in the hundred we have three good ones. <laughs> I mean, that's after the Nudnikink. You know, all the people say, eh, eh, you know, last year we had a really good Balfokea. This year, eh. So, you know, that's every year. People say the same thing. It doesn't matter how good the Balfokea is. Baltakeya should always be last year's Baltakeya. <laughs> last year, like you videotape it or something. So the Rambam says, Alkishit Kiachafab Rosh Hashanah Zerat HaKatub, meaning it doesn't have an obvious reason. Right? The Rambam was very interested in, in Ta'amei Mitzvot, in the reasons for Mitzvot. But here he says, Zerat HaKatub. Zerat HaKatub means there's no reason. In spite of that fact, remez yeshva. Now the word remez is, um, even though it's a word in Hebrew, in modern Hebrew, but it's a tough word in Parshanut. Remez seems to mean for the Rambam here like a secondary interpretation, an alternate, it was the primary interpretation, and we don't know. We don't know what really, why we're blowing shofar. Secondarily, we say remez yeshva. That there's something there that we do feel, that we intuit. So he says, It's an alarm clock. You hear the chauffeur. And you can't help by saying, wow, you know, like, like something going on. There's some noise that is unaccounted for. And, and all of that means wake up from your sleepy state and remember your creator those who ignore truth In, 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 and in place of that, you have the kind of the, the foolishness of our time. 
But here's foolishness. Like if a person spent all of his time playing games, that would not be held in high re- regard. A little bit of time, okay. The shogim calls shenatam be'evel v'larika shelo yo'il v'lo yatsil. It's like poetry, the Rambam. The Rambam really knew how to write Hebrew. Even though he never learned how to write Hebrew. But he did it somehow. It is everybody is going to get up and walk around here the chauffeur and say, boy, I've got to do something. I've got to do something about myself. The first wide line, the fourth word. You know this? This Rambam, the Rambam says everybody all year long has to see himself half guilty, half innocent. So it's like if I would count up all the things I did in the past year, I would have the same number of good things, the same number of bad things. Why does the Rambam say that? Because he says, We can't call the Olam Chetio Zakai Vetio Chayav. Chet Chata Echad Arechriat Atzmo Vetkola Olam Kulo Mikav Chovavagam Lo Ashkata Asa Mitzvah Achat, the third wide line, the sixth word, Asa Mitzvah Achat Arechriat Atzmo Vetkola Olam Kulo Mikav Sukhut Vigorem Lo Velahem Shuav Atzala Shimemar. So this is how the Rambam wants us to look at ourselves in the world. We have no way of evaluating who we are. You don't know, you know, like you say, oh, he's a tzaddik. You know, like people say that. Or oh, she's a tzaddikist. You ever hear people, people say it all the time? Can you mostly say it about people of a certain age and older? And younger, it's not possible. So, so the Rambam says, you know, it's Sadiq. What do you think of yourself? How do you classify yourself? Are you righteous? Are you wicked? I mean, everybody knows that they've done some good things and they've done some bad things. So, but I can't evaluate it because I don't know how many kilo the good deed is and how many kilo the bad thing is. So there are a hundred things and another hundred things, it still doesn't mean it's even. It may be very uneven. So the only thing a person can do, according to the Rambam, in terms of evaluating himself, is to say, Chetzio Chayav, Chetzio Zakai. I say about myself, I'm standing exactly in the middle, which means, what does standing in the middle mean? That the next thing that I do is going to be the most important thing that I have ever done. This is how the Rambam understands some aspect of tshuva. Tshuva, the Rambam says, is not just about remorse. It's not just about acceptance in the future for something that I didn't do properly in the past. And it's not just the doing. But tshuva is something else. Tshuva says, a person who does tshuva recognizes the fact that the next thing that he does 
is going to be the best thing that was ever done or the worst thing that was ever done. Because the next thing that he does is going to affect everything. I say, look, I'm standing. I'm standing before God, so I must be mechza al mechza. It hasn't been determined that I should be done away with. It hasn't been determined that I should sprout wings and fly around as an angel. But the next thing that I do might determine all of that. And so the Rambam says there's some other aspect to tshuva beside the formal aspect. The formal aspect of tshuva is forgiveness about a particular sin or accepting that in the future I will not be involved with that kind of sin. There's something else the Rambam says. The Rambam says tshuva is about understanding that the next thing I do is the most important thing that I have ever done. It will, it will make all the difference. The entire world is waiting for me to make that decision. And that kind of tshuva, the Rambam says, that kind of tshuva starts on Rosh Hashanah. And what starts it is the shofar. Because you know that even though we don't know what the shofar is or what it means, but we know one thing. There are no words connected to Tkiyat Shofar. Tkiyat Shofar is a kind of primeval voice that could affect every one of us. It's something that happens before, I can say, the words it's not about that tshuva it's not about a deal that you make with heaven but before you say okay I wasn't so good at this I wasn't so good at that I'll do tshuva it's not about that that's just the smaller part of tshuva that's part of tshuva that says <coughs> that, you know, it's just me. I mean, I did something wrong, I'll do something right, you know. It's like it sort of trivializes the process. But the Rambam has discovered another kind of tshuva. A tshuva that makes tshuva possible. It was this idea that what you're doing is very important. But it's not just that a Kaddish Baruch Hu, like has a ta'ana against you. Oh, you shouldn't have talked Lush and Hur at that time. Or you shouldn't have annoyed your family that way. Like, it's not like a ta'ana. Tshuva is about discovering who you really are. And who you really are. We're not talking about psychology here. We're talking about the power the effectiveness that a person can have by doing the right thing. He says, that's not something for every day. That's not something that, that awareness that comes to us all the time. But that's something. That's something that we learn about in Rosh Hashanah. Rosh Hashanah, we wake up to this idea, to this idea that we can become Balei Tshuva by doing the right thing. That our next, that now, now it's true. We don't say, we don't say, because 
those are statements about what I did, what I didn't do. But we do say that the Kiat Shofar is the wake-up call. And that's why the Rambam says at the end of this halakha, uh, you see the last three lines? The third word on the line, Now you know the Rambam is not such a great chassid of the word Nahagu. The Rambam is a halachist. He wants everything to come out of the Mishnah and out of the Gemara. He doesn't like Nahagu. You know, following the footsteps of the Ramah, because the Beit Yosef and the Shulchan Aruch, whereas the Ramah, Ramah, who we Paskin like, everything was Minhag. Minhag here, Minhag there, this Sefer, that Sefer, it's all Minhagim, but the Rambam is not so interested in Minhag. But listen to what he says, with me and Yamzeh. Nahagu called Beit Yisrael, Harbot B'Tzdakal, Masim Tovim, V'asot B'Mitzvot, M'Rosh Hashanah, Yom HaKippur, and because of this, What's the antecedent of this? Because of this. Because the next thing you do might be the most important thing that you've ever done. So we look for things to do. And the best things to do, of course, are mitzvot, because we're certain that they are good things. Whenever I create some good thing to do, he says, even more. <laughs> you know that the Shulchanan says that between Rosh Hashanah and Yom HaKippur and we look for Chumras. You know what a Chumra is? It's hard to find today a Chumra. Everybody does all the Chumras. So it's okay. But let's say there's a Chumra that you don't do. What Chumra does the Shulchanan mention? Pat Palper Shel Aku. That the people, people used to eat non-Jewish bread. So if people ate non-Jewish bread, uh, they had a minhag between Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, and they would be very careful and only eat Jewish baked bread. So we can't do that. For us, for somebody to find un-Jewish bread, like, it's like a two-week enterprise. Where are you going to find it? So that, anyways, we, we can't even do the Chumrah of the Shulchanach, because everybody does it every single day. We can find some Chumrah. We'll look for a Chumrah. That's so easy, believe me. <laughs> I'm so into Chumras, but I'd like to find a few for this period between Russia and Yom Kippur. I mean, what? There are no Chumras left. I mean, unless you, uh, unless you think that wearing a jacket from Marad is a Chumra, right? <laughs> I don't think that. I don't think that goes. Uh, I don't think that works. So he says, so if you ask the Rambam, why do we go to Slichot? And why, <coughs> why do we say Slichot during these ten days between Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippurim? Because we're looking for, we're looking to do something really important. So we put together a few things that we know about. We don't eat, if we eat bread, akum bread all year long, so we don't need akum bread during these ten days. And if we don't get up all year long in the middle of the night, as some people will want to do, to daven, right? It's called tikkun chatzot. So we do get up during this time. We do a little bit more. We do a little bit more of goodness. Because the Rabbah says, this is the period where a little bit of goodness can make all the difference, can make all the difference in the world. So according to the Rambam, According to the Rambam, 
There are two kinds of tshuva. There's a tshuva about a specific avera, and there's tshuva, there's tshuva about recognizing the power that's within me to fix things, to fix things in the world. And the Rambam says that that tshuva comes from the mitzvah tkechufa and Rosh Hashanah, and the other mitzvah is the regular mitzvah of tshuva that we all know about. I asked. <laughs> at the beginning of our conversation here, I said, uh, how can we say al-chayt? How do we say al-chayt? Every single area in the universe. Well, it seems to me, it seems to be that one of the problems that we, each of us, has in doing tshuva is that we protect ourselves. Though you're interested in psychology, you know, why do you need analysis? Like, how does analysis work? You know about analysis? Oh, good, so you're blessed. So I'll tell you about analysis. Analysis works on this theory. You talk to a guy for an hour, he doesn't say anything. Now you talk, and at the end of the session, he says, okay, come back next week. <laughs> Now, you do this for a long time. You know, if you're wealthy, you might do it forever. But what's the idea? What's going to happen? What's going to happen? It's sooner or later, you're going to say something meaningful. I mean, that's the idea. Like, in the beginning, in the beginning, I mean, you don't have to say anything. You're going to say, my father beat me up. No, you don't say that. But if you go to the psychiatrist for like a year, so then you say, oh, my father used to beat me up all the time. You know, like that. So that, that's what happens. That's how it works. So let's re- restate it in our language, or language that's relevant to us. People have this tremendous capacity to think of themselves as righteous. Me? I didn't do it. He did it. I? I didn't start it. He started it. I uh, took my children to school. They ran away. It was this, this idea that we could protect ourselves and that we must protect ourselves covers up any kind of awareness of hate, of a veyra that we might have. Everything is justified. I couldn't help it. It just happened once. I didn't mean it. It wasn't... In other words, my tendency is to mitigate and diminish anything that I might have done that's wrong. And as the year progresses, and as the year progresses, you come to the other people, you basically have to... I mean, okay, I know there are exceptions. There are people who are willing to admit a transgression. But if you listen to the radio when they, whatever they, uh, you know, like the, the certain ex-ministers uh, of Israel who are on trial, they didn't mean it. And they didn't do it. And it was their friends. And they already paid the price. They're like, like endless. It's, it's endless how a person can see himself. I'm talking about us now, I'm not talking about them. How we can see ourselves as vindicated. 
So there are two aspects. There are two aspects to Vidui. One aspect of Vidui of confession is something that is derivative. I know I did it. So I have to confess. There's another Vidui where I'm not prepared to confess. So I say it. The halacha, the machsa, the davene, they force me to confess. And you're confessing, how many times do you confess? Mincha, twice Marv, twice Shachris, twice Musaf, twice Mincha. It's nine, right? On one day, we do this confession nine times. That would seem to be a little extreme. But I think what happens is that if you just read the words, you don't have to, like, chuckle too much. And you don't have to hit your breast too hard. And you know, it has a nice tune to it, I'll say it. Right. Is it true? It's a nice tune. Sounds like, sounds like Bach. Blasting at you. It's a, it's a ditty. You know, you could sing this to dear children in the cradle, you know. They'd love it. Why not? But if you say the words, just say the words. And either look at the translation, don't look at the translation. Things will, will you'll be reminded of things. In other words, you need vidui in order to do tshuva. So that all of this vidui is not about that's me, that I'm in every paragraph or every line of vidui in the in the master. But when I say those words again and again, I'm reminded that really here's a point that I might consider. And this is a reflection of the difficulty that people have, as I said, owning up to who they really are. Because most people, most people are willing to admit that the other person is not all good. That the other person has a lot that he could fix. But most people are not willing to own up to the same thing within themselves. And about themselves, they have other ideas, as we said. I didn't mean it. I didn't do it. It was just once. It was an exception. And on and on and on. So the day of Yom Kippurim encourages us to think about ourselves. And the way it does that is by saying the words of Vidui again and again and again. Not because the Mahsa thinks that we are the worst of all possible people, but rather because the Mahsa wants to help us to get to something which could really be improved through this, through this process. So we have these two ideas. <coughs> we have these two ideas that we learned. The first is that the Rambam said, that Kiyat Shofar is the thing that wakes us up to the idea that everything we do is of tremendous importance. And if you know that everything you do that is of tremendous importance, 
it's a lot harder to see. It's like, you know, always take Lush and Horror. It's always a good example. Because everybody talks Lush and Horror, and nobody's bothered by it. So it's a good example. But you take Lush and Horror, you take Lush and Horror, everybody, everybody knows that Lush and Horror can really imprint on the world in a bad way. You know, today, everything in the newspapers, everything you look, I mean, it's all Lashon Hara. Everything's Lashon Hara. It's like hard to distinguish now when Lashon Hara ends and Lashon Tov begins. So, doing an Avera, doing an Avera, Lashon Hara is about saying that what I say is not important. It's not important that a person says, ah, you know, then curses the other guy. He doesn't really mean that he's cursing him, right? What he means is, what I'm saying is not that important. Big deal. It's just a way of talking. I mean, you go to the soccer match, that's how they talk. They don't mean anything. They're not really cursing each other. They're just using those words so that if you devalue yourself and you devalue and you devalue the things that you do, and you devalue the relationships that you have with others, then you do up theirs. I mean, it's push it. But if you think that you're really important, I mean, what is the, what is humility? Humility is about standing before God. Is anything more important than standing before God? No. So being humble and being very important are really the same thing. That's why Moshe Rabbeinu is called the most humble of men. He understood this. He understood this. So if you have that humility in you, if you have the humility of, of knowing that you're very important, that what you say is important, that what you do is important, that what you think is important, this is, that's the beginning, that's the beginning of tshuva. Because if you really don't think that Lashon Hara is that bad, so how much tshuva can you do when you don't think it's that bad. I mean, it's impossible. So we don't have a sense, often, we don't have a sense of transgression, I call it. We don't know that we did anything wrong. We don't know that we did anything wrong, but I didn't do tshuva. Even if I admit that formally I did it, I talked Lashon Hara, so what? But I didn't do anything. I didn't harm anybody. I didn't leave it in print. Everybody does it. It's all the same. So, I say again, the Rambam says you have to be woken up to the fact that everything you do is of tremendous importance. And only such a person, such a person can do tshuva and beg for atonement on Yom HaKippurim. Further, we said, perhaps in the same vein, that the list of al and the fact that we say the Viduyin nine times on on Yom Kippurim indicates that we're not connected to ourselves. I mean, I ask, I ask myself, what are they risk? Do I have to do true of And I probably wouldn't know. I don't know. I think I'm a good fellow. But the al might bring it out of me. I might be able to see into myself 
using the avenue of al-chait, using the avenue of al-chait. So, a few other sources that we might look at, but I think uh, it's enough for tonight. If you think about these things, and Yom HaKippurim, it'll be wonderful. I wish you all a good night. All the best. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.